0: Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We're continuing our series on reboot your life and it's control alt delete. You know what control alt delete is? When you're when your screen, your computer just messes up and it just crashes and your only hope is just to start all over again. Control alt delete. Or if you Mac users out there, you get the spinning wheel of death, right? It just spins and spins and spins. You know something internally is wrong. And you just have to start over. So in this series of Reboot Your Life, we're talking about areas in our life where we, we often, we need to start over. And a start over begins with repentance and begins walking on a new path and a new life. And we're talking about the theme of joy today. Because so often we need to reboot joy. Because our joy has been stolen, it's been taken away, and we're continuing through life going, you know what, I should be, it should be better than this. I should be experiencing more joy, and I'm just, I'm just not, and I'm not sure what to do or where to go with it. And so today we're we'll going to be talking about joy, and to do that we'll be walking through the great passage in Philippians chapter 4 that Karen read for us, thanks Karen, because it is a phenomenal passage, and if you, if you can memorize scripture, some of you memorize. memorizing you're like, oh, I can't memorize, but if you memorize scripture, this is a phenomenal passage because it's so powerful. And Paul begins with these words... Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? Because the Lord is near. It's great words, huh? Powerful words. But when you know the context, they're incredible words. See, Paul writes this letter to the church in Philippi. And when he writes the letter, he is in Jail. He's in prison. Now, how many of you been to jail? You, you don't have to raise your hands. It's okay, right? <laughs> my dad was a cop, so I've been to jail, right? He'd take us through. My my brother and I, we'd walk us through the jail, you know, the holding cells in, in Anaheim, you know, and and so I've been to jail. It's not a fun place. The rooms are small. The mattresses are thin. It, it's it's no fun. It's a hard place to be, but for Paul. It's even harder. It's harder. Because in those days, a prison was, was, often, was often a cave. Pretty hard to escape from a cave. And so they would throw them in a, a cave, a damp, dark place. There's no bed, there's no electricity. If they're lucky, maybe they had a torch to light the way, but why would you waste that on a prisoner? There's no indoor plumbing. This is a horrible place to be. And Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. And he knows the people he's writing to are not going to believe him because they know his situation. And so he says, rejoice in the Lord always. No, I really mean it. I really mean it. Rejoice. 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 How can Paul possibly say this? He says it because joy is different from happiness. Happiness is dependent on your circumstances. If you have a nice sunny day, things are good. If it's cloudy and rainy and miserable and the highway is covered with ice, you're you're miserable too. Right? Right? If you wake up and you slept in nice and you wake up and you wake up nice and shiny and bushy tailed and if your alarm clock goes off an hour early, <laughs> things aren't so good, right? I got my two cute little puppies. I use them as sermon illustrations because they're easy to pick on and, and they're cuddling with me and they're licking my face. Everything's great and they put them down on the floor and they pee on my carpet and I'm mad because happiness is dependent on our circumstances, But joy. Joy is different. Joy is is a gift from God. It's a gift. And joy is, as best as I can describe it, it's it's a deep contentment in the presence of God. Joy is a deep security in the love of God. Joy is a deep peace in the forgiveness of God. And joy is a deep hope in the promises of God. That's joy. And this is why Paul can say in the middle of a dark, damp, smelly prison cell, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Here's the problem. Sometimes, sometimes it's easier to get angry with God than to rejoice with God. It just is. Why doesn't God heal my mom? Why doesn't God, you know, take care of this child? Why doesn't God heal this, this marriage? God, why? And sometimes it's hard to rejoice. It really is. And so Paul discusses that in the very next verse. He says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. Paul's answer is this: pray. Take those, those concerns, those worries, those fears, and lift it up to the God who died and rose for you because he loves you so much. Take them there. Because so many times in our lives, we have things that steal uh, your joy, that steal my joy. And we get anxious. And I love this line. It's, anxiety borrows pain from the future. That's anxiety. Anxiety takes pain from the future, from the unknown. and says, I'm going to take that pain, and I'm going to bring it, and I'm going to experience it today. That steals your joy. Anger steals your joy. It's an anger we're seeing all over our nation. And it's stealing joy. And when people lead from fear or anger, it always goes bad. (laughs) Because when you start from that place, you will end in a bad place. It's, It's good to be vocal, it's good to, to act, it's good to take action, but when those, that, that all results from a place of fear or anger, it's going to go bad. Anxiety steals your joy, anger steals your joy, avarice steals our joy. Did you see how I got three A's there? Isn't that good? I don't even know what avarice means. I had to look it up at thesaurus. right? Avarice is not being satisfied with what you have and wanting something else. You're not content with what God has given you. and like, you know what? If God really loved me, I'd be here. I'd have that. It's avarice. And it steals your joy. So Paul says this. When you're, when you're struck with anxiety, anger, avarice, you just take it all to the Lord. You take it all to God. Say, Lord God, I'm struggling with this, but with thanksgiving. I'm struggling with this, Lord. Help me to be thankful. Help me be thankful for what you have provided for your grace each and every day. Lord God, help me to be thankful. But I am struggling with these things. I need you with me. Be in the word and see God's promises for you. I want to encourage you. If you're not active in one of our small groups, get active. Because I strongly believe when God invites us to to pray about those things, anxiety, anger, avarice, we we pray like this, we say, Lord God, please help me with this area. And then we open our eyes, we we open up our hands, we look around, and and there's God's answer. He's placing those people beside you. And a small group is a great place to be with those folks, to walk with people and say, hey, I'm struggling with this, lift me up in prayer." It's also a great place to see other people who are struggling and say, oh wow, I get to help them out. And here's a cool thing. When you do that, (laughs) anxiety decreases, anger decreases, because God's changing your heart. If anxiety and anger and avarice are joy stealers, what's joy givers? Paul answers that too. It says, The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus is a joy giver, and the friendship and presence of Jesus gives peace. So here's an illustration. It's not the best illustration, but it's the best one I could think of. <laughs> when we were going into Cuba, we got great training from Tad and Linda. And it didn't matter because we're walking into Cuba and we're going through customs and there are people with with machine guns looking very angry in customs in Cuba. And we are smuggling in Bibles and some cash for the Cuban church, and I'm wearing it right here. And so Tad says, okay, when you go through customs, you go in groups of two, we don't recognize anyone else from our group because we don't look like a big group. Now I am no dummy. So, I pick as my partner Moises because he speaks Spanish. <laughs> I'm like, I'm with this guy. I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm with this guy. I'm like, because I'm not stupid, right? Moy, come on, buddy. Moy's Boy, my buddy, right? And we're going through customs. Poor Nate gets pulled aside by a guy with a machine gun off to the side, and the guy's asking him questions and not looking happy. I'm like, don't even look. Don't, even look. don't even look. I got Moy. I'm fine. And the presence of Moy got me through customs. Couldn't find my bags. Look, I'm like, what do we do with my bags? My bags are gone. They're not showing up. They're not showing up. And Moy is just standing right with me. It's okay, Pastor. It's okay, Pastor. I'm like, don't call me Pastor. I'm <laughs> Jason here, right? Don't call your Pastor here. Just call me Jason. And Moy was awesome. He saw me through. At the risk of offending Moy, Jesus is more awesomer than Moy, all right? (laughs) He will see you through. He's the one who's seen the cross, who's died and risen from the dead for you. And if someone defeats sin and Satan and death for you, you are in good hands. You're in good hands. And that gives joy and a peace that passes all understanding to guard your heart, to guard your mind, and to keep joy within And anger, and anxiety, and even avarice out. The next thing is this: joy is a choice. It's a choice. Paul writes this: "Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy." Think about such things. And if you need some help thinking about it, here's an example. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put that into practice. I love how Paul says put into practice. He doesn't say be an expert in immediately. Just just try it out. Even if it feels like you're faking it at first, just try it out. God of peace will be with you. A couple weeks ago, there was a phenomenal example of joy in the midst of heartrending circumstances. Uh, Monty Williams, he's an assistant basketball coach for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And his wife was recently killed in a car accident. They have five children. And his, his talk at his wife's funeral service was so inspiring that they showed a clip of it on a TNT, their basketball show. And so I want to show that clip to you as well.
1: Spent uh, a good part of the day in Oklahoma today uh, where the memorial service was held for Ingrid Williams, uh, the wife of Marty Williams, who was an Oklahoma City assistant coach and had obviously ties with the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, she died last week in a head-on accident uh, when a woman crossed the center line and hit her. And they had five kids. And uh, you talk, you heard about uh, how powerful Monty Williams was uh, when he spoke today. And so we felt it would be appropriate, uh, rather than talking hoops in this segment, just to give you a piece of what uh, Monty Williams had to say in the wake of uh, just unspeakable tragedy. This is hard for my family, but this will work out. And my wife would punch me if I were to sit up here and whine about what's going on. That doesn't take away the pain. But it will work out because God causes all things to work out. You just can't quit. You can't give in. See, the Bible says Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And America teaches us to just numb that, and it's not true. But it is true. All you got to do is look around. Get outside of these walls, and you know it's true. This will work out. Doesn't mean it's not hard. Doesn't mean it's not painful. Doesn't mean we don't have tough times, and we're going to have tough times. But what we need is the Lord and that's what my wife tried to exhibit every single day All right. I'm going to close with this and I think it's the most important thing that we need to understand everybody's praying for me and my family which is right but let us not forget that there were two people in this situation and that family needs prayer as well and we have no ill will towards that family In my house, we have a sign that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We cannot serve the Lord if we don't have a heart of forgiveness. That family didn't wake up wanting to hurt my wife. Life is hard. It is very hard. And that was tough. But we hold no ill will towards the Donaldson family. And we, as a group, brothers united in unity, should be praying for that family because they grieve as well. So let's not lose sight of what's important. God will work this out. My wife is in heaven. God loves us. God is love. And when we walk away from this place today, let's celebrate because my wife is where we all need to be. And I'm envious of that. But I got five Crumb Snatchers I got to deal with. (laughs) I love you guys for taking time out of your day to celebrate my wife. We didn't lose her. When you lose something, you can't find it. I know exactly where my wife is. I'll miss holding her hand. I'll miss talking with my wife. Um, Sam and Coach Donovan probably couldn't figure out why I always wanted to get out of the office, uh, me and Mo cheeks. Um, Mo probably wanted to go do something else, but we always wanted to get out of the office. I just enjoyed being with my wife. I enjoyed being with my family. And most of the times we didn't do anything. we just be at the house sitting around um, doing nothing. I'm going to miss that. Let's not lose sight of what's important. God is important. What Christ did on the cross is important. Let's not lose sight of that family that also lost someone that they love. I love you guys. I hope I get a chance to hug and shake a hand and give a kiss on the cheek, but let's keep what's important at the forefront. Thank you.
0: Lord Jesus, we, we ask that your peace would guard our hearts and minds in you, so that we might know joy in good times and in bad times, Lord, that we might know joy. That your love, your presence, your promises, your forgiveness, would be deeply rooted in our identity of who we are. And that we would live, move, operate, speak, think out of that core. Lord God, if there's anyone here who, who, who doesn't know you yet, we ask Jesus that you would make yourself known so that everyone here might have your gift of joy because that's what your work's all about. Lord Jesus, thank you. May we place our anxiety, our anger, even our avarice at the foot of your cross. May we leave it there. take away your forgiveness, your peace, your joy, your life, now and always. Amen. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, may it guard your hearts, your minds, in Christ Jesus, so that you might know joy. Amen.